Welcome to the Equip Podcast. Here you'll find conversations from people of all different walks of life, sharing their experiences, the things the Lord has taught them, and things to equip you. Equip is based on Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, that talks about equipping God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That is our goal here, to build you up and equip you through seasons of ups and downs in life. Welcome back to another episode of the Equip Podcast. Today, Debbie Stewart is here to talk through the question, what are you doing with what you have been given? Welcome, Debbie. So happy to be with you again, Taylor. Thank you for doing this. We've had a great few podcasts these last couple of months. I hope our listeners are enjoying that. Yes, it's been fun to do. Now, this was the Life Together message, wasn't it? It was. And so we're going to just pull out the highlights Mm -hmm. or what we heard most from women in response. This is, I think we've had most response from this Life Together than we have in a while. So we're going to hit the highlights. Yes. And if you hear these highlights and you're like, I need the deeper message, it's on our website, (laughs) greenacreswomen.org. Uh, and and that one is called Found Faithful, yes. so from January of, of this year. Yes, I'll link that in the show notes too. All right, so let's dive in. So how did you come across the question, what are you doing with what you've been given? Okay, so it was uh, a few weeks ago, and one of those times when I had been asking the Lord a few questions about ministry. You'll remember in women's ministry, we've been praying about reaching more women. Uh, I've been asking the Lord, how can we make Bible study more meaningful? I want this year in ministry to be more significant and more fruitful. So that word more kept coming up. And as the Lord often does, when he starts stirring something in your heart, and when you can't stop thinking about something in your mind, he will usually address it in scripture. And so my prayer of how we reach more, my thoughts about that to get more, to reach more, produce more, was answered through God's word in this story, or it's known as a parable in Luke 19. So if you want more, then lean in the formula, the key, the secret, if you will, to more is right here. Will you read that section in Luke 19 for us? I would love to, and I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. It's a little more in today's language and story format. I'm reading from Luke chapter 19. I'm going to start in verse 12. And a nobleman was called away to a distant empire. Before he left, he called together 10 servants and he gave them 10 pounds of silver. Now, some translations call that a mina, M-I-N-A-S. A mina is representative of money, sum of money. And a mina is actually, one mina is about three months wages. So you can see this was no small amount that he's handing out. So he left and he called his 10 servants. He gave them the 10 pounds to invest for him while he was gone. When he returned, the king called in his servants to whom he had given the money. He wanted to find out what they had done with the money and what their profits were. The first servant reported a tremendous gain, 10 times as much as the original amount. Well done, he exclaimed. You are a trustworthy servant. You have been found faithful with the little I entrusted to you. So you will now govern over 10 cities as your reward. This parable is is also talking about what we do here on earth with what the Lord gives us. We'll be rewarded in heaven, but we're going to focus on the here and now. Verse 18. The next servant also reported a good gain, five times the original amount. Well done, the king said. You can govern over five cities. But the third servant brought back only the original amount of money and said, I hid it and I kept it safe. I was afraid because you are a hard man to deal with, taking what isn't yours and harvesting crops you didn't plant. 
you wicked servant, the king said. Hard am I. So there's a little sarcasm here. Hard am I. If you knew so much about me and how tough I am, why didn't you deposit the money in the bank so I could at least get some interest on it? Then, turning to the others standing nearby, the king ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one who has earned the most. So what has this passage and question meant to you? Well, there's also a similar passage, different story, but it is a similar story. In Matthew 25, many people refer to that as the parable of the talents. Very similar things happened, except in Matthew 25, he records that they were given the money or given the the talents in accordance with their abilities. So that's going to come up here in a moment. So according to their abilities, here here's how both of those kind of compiled together in relation to this thing called more. Um, here's what it meant to me. Here's what the Lord said to me and how he, how he worked it through my own life. The first is this. We have been given something of value. So we all have to stop in this moment and give that some thought. What have we been given? So for them, it it wasn't just money that they were given. If we rush through it, it will seem like that, but it's not. Because if you think back through the wording uh, and the structure of the story, they were also given an assignment. They were asked to invest this. Mm -hmm. So they were given an assignment. They were given the resources uh, you could you could maybe read between the lines and say they were given an opportunity here. They were given responsibility. And here's an important thing. They were given time. Mm-hmm. We all know how valuable that is. And so that's the first thing. They were given something of value. And we, too, have been given something of value from our master. And the second is this. Through this story, we learned that faithfulness has rewards. Now, fruitfulness, if you want more, if you want to produce more, fruitfulness comes from faithfulness. It does not come from laziness. So, Debbie, if you want more, then do something with what you already have been given. And see, here's my inclination. Here's my tendency. I need to stop looking for more like out there, like some latest, greatest, creative, trending idea on how this can work to produce more. That's my idea. What are you doing to get more? What are you doing to get more? What, what's, the, what's the best way to get more these days? And this God's word, this story is telling us you don't look for more out there. You look for more right here with what the Lord has already given. Don't look out there, but you need to build, invest, grow, multiply what the Bible refers to, to what has been entrusted to you. Something you already have, not something you're trying to gain. That's where more comes from. And I especially love how the Bible records that, uh, and I think this might be in the Matthew passage, the Bible says that he went to first servant, went to work immediately. The Bible says of the second servant that he started right away. And I love this because this is not one of the many scriptures that say, wait on Jesus. You know, be patient and wait, wait, wait. Yes, I love this. It's like, hey, bring it on as fast as you can. And that's sort of my speed. (laughs) So I love that. And thinking back to what you're talking about with wanting more, I feel like that's kind of how we are in our culture today. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I know I personally wrestled with this of... um, before I was married, I wanted to be dating and then mm-hmm. I wanted to be engaged. And then I was like, when are we getting engaged? Can mm-hmm. we just get engaged? And then, well, how soon can we get married? And then when can we get a house? Mm-hmm. When can we have kids? Mm-hmm. And the more that our culture drives and even looking in a job, well, when can I get a promotion? When can I get a day off? When can mm-hmm. I get a pay raise? Whatever it may mm-hmm. be in your job, 
our culture drives for more, but it the does. Lord is saying, would you steward what I've given you? Absolutely. You've got your mind out there about thinking uh, all the things that you might feel entitled to, and we're driven on how much more can we get. And we're with social media and so many other social platforms. It's hard to be satisfied with mm-hmm. what we already have, yes. what already has been entrusted. And the Lord is saying the key is going back to what I have already given you, not what you're trying to get next. Absolutely. So what was that third point? So here's the third one, and this was the hardest for me, and this took me the longest to work through. And I guess the reason is because I related so much to that third guy, or let's just say gal for female identification. The truth is, I was pulling for her this whole story. I don't know why my heart always goes out to the gal that struggles to get it right, couldn't seem to produce what the Lord wanted, just couldn't quite make it happen. And her response to the Lord was something that felt familiar to me. Her response to the Lord will, was like, well, well, I, I, I didn't double it, but I didn't lose it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I didn't. Here it is. I, I hit it for safekeeping. I have it for you. I feel like instead of her saying, well, I don't even have it. I lost it. I don't know where it is. I can't find like I I paid close attention not to lose it. And and here it is. And I love how God's word gives us insight into this gal. You remember what the Bible says about why she didn't do anything with what the Lord gave her? Because she was afraid. It's exactly right. She was afraid. She was fearful. She was scared to death. Anybody but me ever been afraid of what? I don't know, people might think, people might say, I've certainly been afraid that this isn't going to work out. I've been very fearful that this is going to have a terrible outcome. I've been scared that this is not going to work out, that this is going to be one of the hardest times of my life or have the the most uh, terrible outcome in the end. And I was really pulling for her and thought, you know, who who knows? I was kind of reading a little bit too much into the story. And I thought, you know, who knows what she's been through <laughs> before we before we talk about how terrible of a job that she did here. I'm like, nobody really knows what she's been through, uh, that she was too scared to do anything. But the truth is, we don't know about the first two either. We don't know maybe what difficult past that they had and the lessons that they had learned, which created their desire to multiply and to invest what the Lord had given them. And another interesting insight is she she called the master a harsh man. I thought this was so interesting. I wonder where that came from. Like, I wonder who told her that, that he was a harsh man. Because the truth is, he gave them all expensive, lavished them with gifts. Mm-hmm. And then he gave them a chance and then he gave them time and then he rewarded them generously and compassionately. Like, where's the harshness? Where did she come up with that? Somewhere along the way, she developed the wrong attitude about her master. Mm-hmm. And also, it doesn't appear she knew him very well. He wasn't a harsh man. Well, and it's like we talk about in women's ministry all the time, what you think about gross. Absolutely. And once you get an idea in your head, if you don't root that out mm-hmm. and root it out quickly, that's going to continue to grow and fester. Yes. And then all of a sudden, your mindset has completely shifted away from Christ and what He's calling you to do and where He's leading you. I think that's exactly what happened. And then you throw in the enemy who gets wind and is watching your actions and attitudes. And he can easily pick up that this is now a trigger for you when you begin to demonstrate that you don't feel like the Lord is fair or you don't feel like He cares or you feel like He doesn't hear you. Or then, uh, for instance, with 
with him passing out the gifts to all the people at the same time. See, here's what our society is used to. It's kind of used to the Oprah mentality, if you will. Well, you get 10 gifts and you get 10 gifts and you get 10 gifts. Everybody gets the same. But in front of everybody, the Lord gave one 10. He gave one five and he gave one two. Automatically, it stirs up in our mind. Well, that's not fair. It feels like in that moment, well, how come they get 10 and I only get one? Matthew gives the insight into that. It was given according to their abilities. Mm, That's good. So what is the challenge to listeners today? So here's the challenge. Here's the question, really. What has the Lord entrusted to you? What has the Lord given you? Now, I know the easy answers. We think about, okay, I have a home. Uh, Maybe there's education. Maybe there's some experiences that He's given you. Maybe influence with people, a job, certainly opportunities. Um, I think it's interesting. I feel like He's given some people like common sense, you know, like I wasn't in that line. But my husband has just like street sense, you know, just common sense. And he just can think through things and problem solve. You know, sometimes it's uh, things like that. To some, he's given creative ability, but I know this, he's given us all a mouth. So like, how are we using our words? He's given us all a hand. How are we using words on paper, maybe communication and writing skills? And my goodness, the Lord has given us a worldwide web to communicate to everyone everywhere. How are we using that? But then the Lord began to stir this up in me. It was not just those good things that I would consider that the Lord has given me and entrusted me with. It was also difficult things. Hmm. He reminded me that I have entrusted you with a prodigal. He has entrusted to me seasons of suffering. And see, this is why I relate to that third gal so much. The Bible says she went and hid. And the truth is, when I was entrusted with a prodigal, I wanted to hide that. Uh, I, I didn't see value in that. I didn't see benefit to anyone in that. In seasons of suffering and difficulty, when our marriage went through a, a trying, difficult time, I, I, I didn't want to go multiply that. I wanted to go hide that. So I totally get why she hid it. But the Bible says that he has entrusted these things. Even hardship and difficulties are things that we've been entrusted with and we must invest Some of you out there may have been entrusted with a special needs child or maybe physical difficulties or caring for a parent or all manners of other things that we feel like are some sort of punishment or discipline. But these are gifts that the Lord has entrusted to us. I'm reminded of Paul in this uh, part right here of when the Bible says of him that he had a thorn in the flesh, I think it's Second Corinthians chapter 12, the Bible says that the Lord gave him a thorn in the flesh. See, when, when the Bible says gave him, it sounds like, to me, it feels like, like give you something is a good thing. So Taylor, if you were to say to me, oh, Debbie, I have something to give you, I would totally get excited because like, you know me and you, it would probably be something that I would want to have. Of course. I would want to. I would never give you a bad gift. Yes, gift. it would be, be something I'm excited to get from you. But that same word used in 2 Corinthians that says he gave him a thorn in the flesh, it's the same root word that's used in Luke 19. He gave them these talents. So he gives these good, resourceful, valuable things, but he also might give a thorn in the flesh. And he 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 gave this. So as we begin to look at those things as gifts that he has given. Well, it comes back so often to our dependence on him. 
and what he's trying to teach us, whether it's good or bad. Absolutely. And so can we be entrusted with all that the Lord has given? Uh, I want to kind of wrap it up with two words. These are the two words that have been ringing through my mind. Debbie, be found faithful. Those two words, found faithful. I want to be found faithful. When he comes for me, I don't want to be found trying to do a thousand things to the glory of God. He's called me to do a couple of things, and I want to be found faithful with what he has already given me, not what I'm trying to obtain. Mm -hmm. And I just want to remind our listeners in closing, you can be found faithful in the land of affliction. Genesis 41, 52 says, for God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. And you can be fruitful in a famine. Second Kings chapter eight talks about the woman who received after a famine, she received back all of her land plus the value of the crop that would have been harvested had there not been a famine. Only the Lord can do that. Mm -hmm. You can be faithful in the wilderness. Joshua proved that over and over. He inquired of the Lord before every battle at every point of opposition and the Lord gave him the direction that he needed. And you can be faithful through transition. Joseph went through the pit and the palace and the prison and all of those times of transition, oftentimes being betrayed by people he thought loved him. We've been in times of transition in our church, and no doubt the enemy seeks to use that avenue of transition to to break people apart, to isolate people. But the Lord wants us to use that time of transition to multiply what he has already given. Mm -hmm. And lastly, you can be faithful in your suffering. Acts chapter 16 talks about Paul and Silas while they were in prison in the middle of the night after having been severely beaten. The Bible says that they were found worshiping and praying. And the Bible also says, and others were listening. And all the prisoners were set free that day. Not all of them were praying and worshiping, only two. But those two multiplied their season of suffering. They multiplied it to where everyone had the benefit. Man, that's good. Well, our prayer for you, our listeners, um, is that this message encourages you and challenges you. Um, Debbie, thank you for sharing this with us today. Before we go, we've got two questions that we always ask our listeners. What is something you're learning and what is something you're loving? So something I'm learning has now turned into something I am knowing and reminding myself on a regular basis. So interestingly enough, this is February the 2nd. This is my son's birthday. And what I'm reminded and what I'm knowing, I, I was learning it in a process over his many years, but I know that the Lord has not left us this day without a Redeemer. And that's actually Ruth 4, 14. And then something I'm loving this is totally selfish, but it's what I'm loving right now. Uh, lately, I have been able to spend a Friday afternoon with my little grandson, Gunner, and I've been able to spend Saturday afternoon with my other three grandchildren that live in Lufkin. And so for their entire childhood, childhoods, from for the last 10 years, I've not been able to do that because they've been in locations far, far away that I could not get to them. So right now, I am loving my weekends with my grandkids to invest in their life because, see, it's something that the Lord has entrusted to me mm -hmm. as little ones. And I want to invest in the next generation. That's good. Well, Debbie, thanks for being here today. We've had a great time, haven't we? Thank it's you. It's been fun. <laughs> 
Thanks for listening to the Equip Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to be the first to know when a new episode drops. And follow us on social media to stay connected. We're at GABC underscore women. See you next time.